have you got any stories, Jodie, about scared year sevens? Well, when I was my very, very first NQT year uh, and I was terrified, I also had a terrified year seven group. And uh, after they met me, so for an idea, this was the kind of school that people went to to retire. Um, I brought okay. the average age of the staff down significantly by being in my early 20s. Um, I was the only woman in the department, in the maths department, and I was the only person under 40 when I started. Right. Um, so, yeah, that gives you an idea. And I was doing pickup at the end, and this one girl ran off to her dad and went, Daddy, 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 which gives you an idea of how immature she was. Oh. My form teacher's young, and she's got cool trinkety bracelets. Oh, was... that's so nice. And, um, so that's that's your year oh. seven vibe, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, they are like that. They all look really mm. petrified. And I remember yeah. the same thing, NQT year form, year seven. Mm been there about two days and uh, yeah. and one came to me to say that she had taken her watch off and put it in her lunch box and then accidentally thrown it in the bin when she put all the bits of her, her lunch that were left over in the bin and I I just thought I don't, I don't know what to do what what do I do I had no idea anyway it was really good because the school for some reason that I will never understand gave her parents £15 for a new watch. What? I know. And from then, she thought I was the best form teacher in the world. (laughs) It's your own time you're wasting. Ramblings from Beyond the Classroom with Marie and Jodie. So this week we're talking to Louise Herbert, Assistant Subject Leader in English at Fishermore High School and an expert in transition, about what we as teachers can do to ease that transition from primary to secondary. How can we make it a fun and inspiring experience for students? Well, I'm certainly by no means, I'm by no means an expert, that's for sure, but I mean, I have got 18 or maybe 19 years teaching experience and to be fair, I do think transition has come a long way. I mean, schools will often criticise them for an idea and teachers are going on strike and this is wrong with schools, that's wrong and teachers don't have enough time. But I would say transition, from my own experience, has, has, has come on a long way over the years. Certainly from when I was at school as a year seven, I didn't know anything at all about the high school that I was going to other than the open evening we'd had around mm. six months before and then we just turned up everybody got lost it was you know yeah. we were petrified um but that's not the case now obviously schools all have the taste today that's been in place for years hasn't it a lot yeah. of schools now offer the summer school um mm. which parents absolutely love because it's six weeks of summer and one week in in school meeting the friends doing activities it's just brilliant last year yeah, I ran really the summer school at a school I was working at and we got government funding for that. So it was all singing, all dancing, with some learning, of course, in between the Bouncy Castle and mm. whatever else we had on that was fun. So summer school really helped. I do think it's come a long way. However, it's a mixed bag, what you get. Um, I've worked with heads of department that don't necessarily know what is being taught at primary school. Primary. They might have an mm. overview of the Key Stage 2 curriculum, but that doesn't necessarily tell you everything. Um, so it is a mixed bag and it depends on the time that you've, you've got, essentially, what time teachers have got to go and visit the schools. I make it my business, I suppose, I see it as part of my role, that when I'm 
designing schemes of work for year seven and looking at existing schemes, I want to know what the partner primaries are doing. Um, of course you do. For me, yeah, it's yeah. just common sense. So I will always ask to go and visit a primary school and make those links. Mm. I think that if staff don't ask to go, then like I said, we don't necessarily know what is being taught um, in stage two. Yeah, but it's I crucial agree. that we go, yeah. especially because now, a lot of the English texts, you know, um, the A-level texts, as they used to be, are now being taught at GCSE. Mm. GCSE texts have been brought down to Key Stage 3. And our favourite Key Stage 3 texts, such as Halls, that's mm. that's in primary now. So we need to know what they're studying so that we don't repeat it. Not that there's harm in repeating it, but just basic questions like which novel are you teaching? How do you teach poetry? Have you even mm. analysed poetry before oh definitely not so we need to know yeah and i kind of feel like at key stage primary they don't have the kind of foresight so for example when they're teaching how to times by 10 they say put a zero on the end which works if you're doing say two times 10 because you do two and then a zero gives you 20 but if you do 0.2 times 10 you end up with 0.20 which is just 0.2 so it kind of doesn't work it's not future proof no, I agree with that. And actually, it's about making the link. So if you if you have the connection, everybody in each department had a connection and you could liaise and say, actually, what you're doing there is upsetting what we do at Key Stage 3 and 4. Could you stop, please? I'm sure that all the primary teachers will be really open to that and what our challenges are. Mm-hmm. And For example, I had a conversation today with a Year 6 primary teacher, as it happens, by complete coincidence. I was working on transition today anyway. You know, and one of the words they use, it's the, the lingo, isn't it? The terminology is so different to what mm. we use. So when mm. we call redrafting for any piece of work that children are going to work on, we call it a redraft. They call it a revision, yeah. a revised. It's the uh, same thing. Right. But yet we would never, ever say revision unless it is revising for no, because exam. revision is something, something else, really yeah. Fun. And it doesn't really matter, but then it does, because if that's what the children are used mm. to, if they correct the work in purple pen and we do it in green, I just think making the connections where we can is beneficial to us and, and to the year six primary teachers. Yeah. As well as obviously. Yeah, people. I agree. Things like um they call speech marks inverted commas at yeah. primary. And if you're not aware of that, you can get yourself into all sorts of sticky waters exactly. when you're doing some spag lessons. your own time you're wasting so why not stick the kettle on put your feet up and have a cuppa ah bliss as usual we have reached out to our audience for comments if you want to be part of the conversation just make sure you follow us on social media we always put questions out there um so this one is from a maths teacher I lost an entire year six class once on a taster day. Turns out after leaving the previous taster lesson, they needed the toilet, so the student helpers walked to the toilets before coming to my lesson. It took the poor helpers 20 minutes to get all their year sixes in and out of the toilet. They were pretty stressed by the time they turned up to my classroom. Um, So, Louise, what are the kind of practical issues we need to think about when we're dealing with the transition? Well, speaking of, of how long it took them to go to the toilet, it tends to be the same with lunches. Um, as soon as they arrive, they're used mm. to, I don't know if they are used to a three-course meal, but certainly they're always late for lunch. There's always a huge delay. We always have to let them out early. 
So hearing at lunches, <laughs> it's a practical issue. What about uniform and getting changed for PE and all that kind of thing? We do tend to get a lot of half-dressed pupils after PE. <laughs> we get the lost trainers, we get lost blazers, lost ties. We, we get a lot of half-dressed year sevens, particularly after lunch yeah. or after a PE yeah. lesson. That tends to be the norm, I have to say. Um, other things that I personally struggle with as a teacher is the primary way of gathering around the teacher's desk. Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. I do find that rather you just like, go away. Um, and they have to get used to it. But, of course, it, you know, it's what they are used to. So there are gentle ways yeah. of going about doing it. And they're only so young, aren't they? But the whole gathering they around are. the teacher desk um, can be a bit terrifying for the teacher, never mind the, the year sevens. That are new. There's the timetables, of course. I mean, I found when I was teaching, some of them, they had watches, but they couldn't read them. So they didn't know what time of day it was and they didn't know where they should be. I think that there's a really sh- really steep learning curve for year sixes. We do everything we can, don't we, on the taste of day, summer mm. schools. Yeah. Pastoral involvement has always been great. Academic is getting there, but there's a lot of work to be done. But actually, it's just the way the whole school, um, the way high school operates in that the questions they ask are not relevant for a high school classroom. Any sort of very young in the way that miss, they'll put the hand up. And I will always say to a year seven, is it important and relevant? Yes, miss, it is. Okay, what's your question? Can I sharpen my pencil? Um, (laughs) I tend to get things like that. Can I I put this in the bin? Um, Lots of things like that. And I suppose maybe... I, maybe it's just me, I expect them to grow up very quickly because we just get used to the older ones and our ways. And actually, mm. they just need to adjust to a lot of different teachers. And we all have our different ways. And, you know, perhaps that's not allowed in some classrooms. But for me, that's sort of a question 30 times in an hour brings on the old twitch. <laughs> <laughs> got another um, listener comment this time from a geography teacher I was reminded by someone once the really obvious in hindsight fact that year sevens were primary school students just six weeks ago that really stuck with me when it came to thinking about helping them to transition to big school with all the millions of changes and new expectations I think we forget sometimes that they don't just magically grow up over the summer so, Louise, what would you say parents can do over the summer to help ease their child's transition to secondary school? Well, we've just sent out to um, a few of our partner primary schools a recommended reading list um, of books right. so that they can read some books and we can have those conversations, so things to talk about. Mm. So parents can keep them reading, um, for one yeah. thing. We do try to get them to do things over the summer to make links to ease them in. For example, send a postcard from where they are on holiday, take a picture of themselves with a favourite book. Um, So I think that's really useful for me as an English teacher. But in other Mm -hmm. practical ways, I think that, you know, getting them to pack the bag the night before, sort their own uniform out, you know, know where the tie is, and just help Mm -hmm. them on that practical level would be really useful. 
um, encouraging yeah. them to go to the summer schools. I think you're right about the uniform. I think that's one of the big things to just practically do uniform drill, you know, right, put it on, take it off, put it on, take it because they literally have five minutes of PE to get changed. I think another thing that parents could do, which isn't necessarily during the summer, but in those first few weeks, certainly that first half term, parents need to help the child get organised with homework. Mm. It's too much for even your brightest or most organised people mm. to manage on their own. So parents do need to be involved and we can really tell the, the children whose parents are not helping them with that. And it's setting them up yeah. for bad habits and difficulties in school and not a great start. So that that's a really uh, normal way, I would say. But it's surprising how many parents don't check homework. And I'm guilty of it myself yeah. with my eldest as he's yeah, got older. Too, but in year seven, I think it's it's really important. So we've got another listener comment here, kind of taking a little bit of a different tack. My son has had a really difficult time settling into high school. The changes seemed huge to him. Primary school had been predictable and suddenly he had a two-week timetable, had to remember deadlines for homework that varied from week to week. In the end, he's become what's termed a school refuser, but it's not that he won't go to school, it's more that he can't. This is a common problem, but there seems to be a lack of information, services, support for pupils and parents in this position. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's from C, a science teacher. So what can help parents and students? What help can they access if they're struggling with the transition? It's a really, really difficult area. I've got a close friend at the minute who's going through this with her own son. And it is so easy to say, well, just put them in the car and get them to school. It's not that simple at all. Anybody that's got any dealing with it would never say anything Mm. like that. To be honest, it's unhelpful. And I would say that we are seeing more and more of it. And I don't know whether that's linked from COVID or whether it's just the way the school system is, because let's face Mm. it, we are operating on an eight-year model that hasn't changed at all. Um, And yet everything else, every other industry seems to have changed and adapted. So I would Mm. say that it's something that needs to be looked at more closely because there are more and more children that find themselves in this situation. I mean, in terms of what schools could do and what they used to do, is we would have somebody, a member of staff, dedicated to home visits and actually liaising really closely with the parent and the child and going to the home. And to be honest, I think it's just like what we've had with school nurses. It's become a thing of the past. There's no such thing Mm. anymore. And it's all down to funding and resources. Mm. There's an awful lot of work to be done in that area. And I don't think that the services can cope with what they've got. Um, I think we're all overwhelmed. Uh, but it's a problem that gets worse the longer it goes on okay so if you want to send us your thoughts you can send them to beyondmailbag at twinkle.co.uk and as ever that's twinkle without an e so here we go yeah here we go here is another comment from a listener I used to make sure I'd give my year sevens a snack at the end of the day, especially in the first term. They were so tired, so they'd get to me and fall asleep at their desks. It was quite sweet. It was advice given to me by a very experienced teacher that the little year sevens need a whole term just to adjust to secondary school life. And that's from an English teacher. So Louise, what top tips would you share with teachers to make transition easier? I would say though, don't start giving them food. 
can't do that these days. You know, there's that many allergies and what have you nowadays. That's what I but, mean. So, but also, I just don't think that that's the right way to start off with your severings. I, I, I don't know. If you get tired, you get tired. It's only like when your youngest goes to school for the first time when they're four years old mm. and they're tired after school. But um, in terms of food, though, I will say this, perhaps I'm digressing. In fact, I am. But what I have noticed with a few, quite a few of the year sevens at the school I'm working at is how hungry they get by lunchtime because they have four lessons before lunchtime. And yeah. a lot of the children, well, not a lot, but it's over 30% are on free school meals. And mm. they will come to school without a snack, without a bottle of water. If you're yeah. teaching them period four, that fourth lesson, fourth hour of work, mm. where they may not have had breakfast at home, they've got nothing for free school mm. meal. I have been known to give fruit to about three children. <laughs> it's not that many, but who will come to me pale and are starving and say, Miss, I haven't mm. brought a snack. It's ages off. My, my lunchtime, can you, you know, do something? Well, I can't see a child starving, yeah. and that, that's really noticeable um, in the last few years. But that's a yeah. cost of living crisis more than probably relevant yeah. to us. But, it impacts but it's not going to help transition that, though, is it? It's not going to help. It doesn't help. doesn't help year sevens no. because I don't really know what they get at primary in terms of the snacks and so on once they get to year six. But certainly infants... They get um, snacks at break, they get the toast, they get the milk, they get yeah. the fruit plates. So I do think that they get more by way of snacks. And I think there's always a fruit mm. plate in primary schools, even juniors, yeah. but there's nothing. They just get the free school meal. So, okay, so I suppose that in English, the top tips for transition are teachers need to get to know the partner of primary schools and liaise with the year six teacher find out the novels that are being taught, the poems that are being covered, the terminology that they use, even if it's good books, mm. best books. The school I've been working with today has a publishing book, um, which is where the children do the best work. Just find out the links. Uh, try and get samples of work to make the transition smoother. Try and find out as much information as you can about the children that are going to be sat in front of us from September I would also say it's really important to give them something to do or some guidance over summer so that they're not working themselves up into unnecessary fear, whether that's reading a book that we might talk about on day one or just sending in a little bit of creative writing helps. We do a competition for year sevens. So giving them something to look forward to when they arrive rather than nothing over summer, I think is really useful. Not not necessarily a homework, just something to look forward to over the summer about the subject. Um, giving them as much information as they can in the booklets in a timely manner rather than last minute, which some schools are quite last minute with sending things out. I think parents would appreciate knowing sooner. Oh, those are brilliant. Have you got any other top tips? I'm making notes. <laughs> in terms of whole school, I think it's really important that all children attend the Taster Days and try and go to summer schools mm. try and take the opportunities for whatever's on offer um parents the top tips for parents really are making sure that your child follows the school rules in terms of equipment and uniform that's a parent's responsibility and actually they shouldn't underestimate how difficult it is for their own child and teachers when, when they arrive without equipment um, and to me that, that's a parent's responsibility what about the bus any ideas about the bus? The school bus. 
Well, I know that mm. in my son's school, we don't have children particularly coming on the school bus, tend to come on foot. But in my son's school, they did have a taster day of getting on the bus and they did like a trial day for that. That's a good idea. Um, but yeah. I also think that parents should prepare the children for the fact that they are going to learn all and everything about life on the school bus. They will learn more on the school bus than they do in the lessons. And they should be really mindful to that. Yeah, yeah, that is true. The, everything happens on the bus. Another another tip I've got for helping transition for pupils and for teachers and for parents is, I, obviously I've talked a lot about the schools working with the primary schools and it all comes down to time. And if you're short of teachers and you don't have time to release staff, then it can't be done. But where it can be done in that in the summer term that we're in now, it's really useful for teachers to go in and deliver two or three lessons um, uh, in place of the year six teacher. Yeah. That's something that we're working on, just so that they know our style and the children don't feel as worried. That's yeah. the idea, unless we're going to scare them, of course. But, you know, the idea is that they feel used to what a lesson is like. So I know that the science teachers have done that in our school. I'm planning to go down in the next few weeks just to deliver some lessons. Yeah. Um, so that helps. And I think transition starting early yeah. now. It's part of marketing as well. The children are being asked to come up for quizzes um, and, and such like in year five. It's your own time you're wasting. Ramblings from Beyond the Classroom with Marie and Jodie. There's not a lot they don't know about teaching. So as our regular listeners will know, we like to finish with some stars and some wishes, which is our little bit of uh, reflection on today's podcast. A little bit of tongue-in-cheek reflection. Um, so guys, what do you think today? I think our star is that transition is being handled differently than it was years ago it's starting earlier and it's really been a focus in schools it's actually a thing other than year seven just don't turn up on the first day and, and that's it yeah so I think that's that's a really really positive thing what about our wish my wish is that teachers who are working with year sevens should visit primary schools more than once during their teaching yeah. career yeah yeah, because primary schools are changing as well, so you need to go regularly to see what's really happening, don't you? Oh, thank you so much for joining us, Louise. It has been so, so interesting talking to you, and I wish we could talk all day, but unfortunately, that is all we've got time for, and our editor is giving me the eyes to tell me to stop talking. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today, audience. Uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, tell your friends about us, all that other stuff you're supposed to do with podcasts. If you want to be part of the conversation, drop us an email at beyondmailbag at twinkle.co.uk and before marie can beat me to it noe on twinkle bye thank you so much thank you this podcast is proudly produced by beyond please bear in mind the views and opinions expressed are those of individuals and may not represent those of beyond or twinkle